Food, water, shelter, and nesting are all vital to attracting birds to your backyard. Multiple food sources are also helpful. Shop a wide variety of feeders, waterers, and bird food at Blaine's Farm and Fleet to keep your feathered friends happy and healthy all year long. We talk a lot about row crops this time of year as the harvest wraps up in Wisconsin, but today we're featuring a specialty crop that really shines this time of year, Christmas trees. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Wisconsin is a top producing state when it comes to Christmas trees, so I decided to check in with Han's Christmas Farm this week in Oregon, Wisconsin. Greg Han is the second generation on the family Christmas tree farm, and he tells me that customers can look forward to an excellent looking crop this year despite the dry summer. This is news he's happy to share leading up to his busiest weekend of the year, the days following Thanksgiving. Yeah, actually, we are open on Thanksgiving Day here at this specific farm. But as Christmas tree farms across the state, yeah, they get busy the day after Thanksgiving. I mean, boom, it just starts hit uh, off air. We were kind of talking about Black Friday and how they've stretched Black Friday out into this two-week uh, stretch of Black Friday. So uh, 20 years ago, we used to see nobody on Black Friday because they used to wait in lines and do that kind of thing. And now um, Black Friday is probably our busiest day. And you said it it keeps getting busier every year, especially since the pandemic, because people really took an interest in real trees again. Are you expecting that again for the 2023 season? Yeah, it's great for agriculture. Um, You know, this is a specialty crop. The USDA sees it as a specialty crop. We have our own checkoff program, actually. So, yeah, it's it's nice to see that people are interested in our crop now. Uh, We really enjoy that people understand the benefit to growing a Christmas tree here in Wisconsin, the benefit of the natural habitat that it gives us. Um, So, yeah, we're seeing a huge uptick still. Uh, COVID was fantastic, one of the industries that it was good for because people could get out and get a live tree and we saw a lot of people putting those artificial trees in the dumpster so that was nice for our industry and you've been open for the past couple weeks correct when do you really kick things off and what have you seen so far in terms of demand so yeah we're one of the few that opened november 1st we've always opened november 1st just because we're here making some wholesale wreaths um and it just gets earlier. People want them earlier. But on the other side, the religious part of Christmas, um, unfortunately, has kind of went away for some of these people where they're taking that tree down right on the 26th of December. So they don't have it up through the Epiphany or anything like that. So they're getting it earlier, um, just like we see with all the holidays, decorate earlier and take it down as soon as it's over. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned about the length that the, the tree can or cannot stay up. When people have it at home with them, how long does a real tree typically last? Uh, It should easily last in that six, seven weeks. Um, So that shouldn't be a concern. There's always products on the market that you can put in your water. Uh, People ask me that all the time. Uh, We sell a product called Forest Fresh. It's a tablet that you put in. There's other tree preservatives also on the market that that uh, do help extend your life of your tree. Uh, The key to that, though, is making sure that you had a fresh cut on the tree. If you cut it yourself or if you even go to a lot or different farms, make sure you cut that inch, inch and a half off of the stump of the tree so that the water will uptake a little bit better because it does seal off. Just like if you're clipping a branch on a tree in your house, you see that sap come out and that seals off that wound. That's the same thing as when you cut a Christmas tree. So always do a fresh cut within an hour, hour and a half of putting it into water in your home.
these trees are what eight eight years old this year's crop yeah this year's crop is eight years old eight nine ten depending on the height that you have uh, a lot of people with the drought as uh, cash croppers and you know even dairy farmers know that we had a, a rough drought this year so that really did hurt our first and second year trees but once that tree gets to that three foot size it can handle being a little drier we had a great fall uh, maybe again not for the corn farmer but we had a great fall for our because those four or five inch rains that we had in late September, those tall eight foot trees just suck that water right up. And it's great for harvest time because those trees have water in them. So they're not, they're not stressed to begin with. So I think we'll have a great year of uh, needle retention in your home once you take that tree home. Kind of continuing the comparison to row crops, is it harder or is it easier to have to protect a tree from pests and disease over eight years versus just one year? You know, as a farmer, it's the same as the other crop farmers. We always have our specialty uh, uh, pests that we have. Ours is deer damage. Um, as the herd population gets larger in Wisconsin, we're seeing more and more nibbling, uh, more in the northern part of the state where they have a deeper snowpack than we have down here in the southern side. Um, but there, I've, I've walked along uh fields of 100,000 trees and the first three rows are just completely cleared by uh, uh, grazing of deer. Um, So deer damage is something different in the Christmas tree crop than uh, some of the other row crops. I mean, I suppose you can't you can't take this time to hunt because this is your busy season. So. <laughs> yeah, the customers don't really appreciate people in orange, you know, running around with guns as you're trying to cut a tree. It kind of takes that hallmark moment out of it. So, uh, yeah, there's no hunting uh, during our time at all. <laughs> how would you rate this year's this year's crop of trees, and how does it compare maybe to to some of the seasons you've had in the past? With the lack of rain, it was very odd. Those trees just didn't get the lateral growth um, on the sides. But the density really filled in, so it seemed like it had the energy to fill all the little branches on the inside, but it knew because of the drought not to go so wide laterally. Uh, we still saw the tops fill out nice, and the leader came popping up in their 12, 18 inches that we need there. Um, so I think the quality of the tree, was it was surprising to a lot of us how they densed up. Um, so I think the customer really liked that. Remind us again, Greg, of the acreage you've got here. Uh, we're doing 50 acres. You can get about 1,000 to 1,200 trees per acre. So we're running about 70,000 trees here at this farm with 50 acres. And how many varieties do you offer? Uh, we offer five varieties, but the Fraser fir is still the most popular. Balsam fir is coming up. Uh, people don't mind the needles all of a sudden because they really want that fragrance. And the Wisconsin balsam has that fragrance. It's a workhorse of filtering air in our lower el- uh, elevation here. So it really draws a lot of air in and it gives out a lot of smell in your home. Unfortunately, if you can put that to needle retention, it's drawing a lot of air in and putting a lot of Uh, smell out that also is kind of drying that tree out a little bit quicker but you have to have that trade-off so when we educate our customers that what's the best smelling tree we're talking about the balsam fir is the best smelling however you're going to see more needles on the ground with it i can attest to that that it is fragrant your this whole property just smells like christmas as it as it probably should (laughs) yeah and 
And the one thing that we don't touch on enough, I don't think, in our industry of Christmas trees is all of the greeneries. What you smell here in the greeneries, we do about 7,000 wholesale wreaths. I have 100 people on staff making wholesale wreaths, and the press doesn't touch on that just quite enough how much that brings economy into the into Wisconsin. We're making wreaths, we're making porch pots, we're making those kind of greenery things also besides just selling the Christmas trees. And that's a lot of jobs um, and a lot of um, short-term jobs for people to just get quick cash to spend on Christmas presents and, you know, different uh, things that pop up during Christmas. How did you do this year in getting enough staff for your busy season? It's been a good year. Um, It's a little bit concerning. I don't know if we can say it on the radio, but it's a little concerning that when people start wanting to have more part-time jobs, is the economy really rolling in the direction that we want it? But this year, the staff has really come out. We've had uh, great employment this year. There was more for maybe the first time in eight years I've had to turn some people down, uh, where last year we were using a temp agency. So it's been wonderful uh, for this year. I wanted to follow up on the variety aspect. The You offer five varieties here. But if it takes eight years to, to bring a tree to maturity, you've got to think pretty far in advance of what people are going to want come the time to harvest. Right. My crystal ball and my psychic really helped me quite a bit. Uh, we try to try to predict what it is. The Fraser Fir has been around a long time, but that's what the associations do. Um, being a part of the National Christmas Tree Association and the Wisconsin Christmas Tree Producers Association, we come together and we're looking at those specialty, or we call them exotic trees, Uh, as it comes in. When I bought the farm 20 years ago, I had to clear cut about 6,000 scotch pine because scotch pine weren't popular at that time and we overproduced. And then we got into more of the balsam fir and a lot of the short needle and then eventually the Fraser fir. So Greg, folks that are coming to the Christmas tree farm to maybe get a tree for the first time, or maybe they've been doing this for generations, it's important to recognize that you guys can help with the loading, the helping people understand how often to water it. Let's do a little lesson here on air today. Okay, you pick out your tree. Now what? What What's that process to get into the vehicle and to transport it home? Yeah, we can even go back another step too because we get phone calls quite a bit. Do you have saws? Do you? Have, what do I need to bring? And I just say you're a glowing personality so that you have fun and with the family. So the best part is you can come here. We have the saws. We have wagons going out to the field. You can cut the tree. You can uh, put it on the wagon to bring it back. And then we shake the tree um, with the density of the trees. There's some brown needles on the inside. Doesn't mean the tree's dying. It's just that photosynthesis couldn't get inside that tree and keep those needles green. So we shake that out so that it's not on your carpet when you open it up. We run it through a baler, string baler, bales it. And then we have staff here that you can tie it right onto your car. So really... Um, you could even go one step farther and have a pre-cut tree where you really wouldn't have to touch the tree until you get home. Um, the other little funny thing is make sure that you do not drive into your garage and rip the tree off the top of the car. We've had a couple people that have come back and had to buy a second tree because they forgot it was on there. <laughs> I would probably be one of those people to forget I had a tree on top of my vehicle. Greg, is there anything else you wanted to, to add today? It's just so nice that it starts the holidays for families. Um, it's such a family-oriented uh, event, and uh, it, it's nice that somebody can come into nature and see how some 
of these things are grown all the way into the agriculture industry. It's nice agri-entertainment's coming in. Um, you know, they, the kids understand that a tomato comes on a plant and some of those other things. So with this, same with the Christmas tree, they can see where they're, they're planted in rows. They can actually picture that this is a Wisconsin crop that is being harvested and we're replanting. Um, and then it just goes into the rest of the values of being together as a family, starting your holidays off in such a positive way together, and then t- uh, sometimes maybe struggling with that tree going up or down and some comical things um, that uh, come with that. But that's all just the part of being a part of a family together. And it's just so special that I can grow a crop like that, um, that makes those kind of memories year after year. And I'm sure many of you listening probably have those memories. Greg Hand stepping aside to do this interview with me as the hustle and bustle was happening around us. Like many other Christmas tree farms in Wisconsin, Hand's Christmas Farm's busiest weekend are the days following Thanksgiving. And the news from southern Wisconsin is that this crop is looking really good this year, thanks to some timely rains earlier this fall. The Wisconsin Christmas Tree Producers Association has a map on their website with Christmas tree farms near you. You can check that out at christmastrees-wi.org. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.